Well, hello there, ladies and ghouls. <laughs> hey, this is Derek Van Otten, a.k.a. DVO, and this week we sit down with Paul Welch of Paranormal Veracity Media, and this was a really fun episode because Paul shared some really scary stories. I gave a little bit of stories in here, and we had a fun time putting this together. I hope this actually sparks a little bit of interest in you guys in the whole paranormal world. I hope this is an episode that you really find enjoyable as well. Take care. Hey, welcome to another episode of the DVO Show. I'm here with Mr. Paul Welch. How's it going, y'all? Paul Welch is the founder of Paranormal Veracity. Now, that started off as a magazine, right? It started off as a magazine, yeah. And now it's more of a YouTube channel. It's it's media. So we're media, like, okay. We're like journalists. Got so it. So we're there to tell a story, whether it's a location, investigators. Uh, we're there basically as journalists. We film other people as well. So Okay. So this is a, a paranormal media channel. Yep. And you have you're doing documentaries. You're showing evidence. Evidence. We'll have like short episode length. Um, not really episode format, but they'll be of that late in in you know just basically a little show format. But okay, we won't be like going to episode one through eight. Type oh, of all right. Okay. Like a TV show type of thing. Yeah. You're just just putting episodes out there, or just right. shows out there, like short short films. Nice, call them episodes. I like that. I like that. So you can look that up on YouTube. Just paranormal veracity. I'll spell it in the description of the podcast and YouTube channel. Yep. So you guys can can look that up. So I'm very curious, Paul, because I actually don't know how you got into the paranormal field. Um. Well, I've always going back to a child. I've always been like fascinated with Bigfoot. Ghost, Loch Ness, okay. UFOs. I'd watch History Channel like all day long. Yeah, just veg out on the couch on those type of stuff. On those, yeah. But how I started actually investigating um, uh, started at a location I'll be at tonight, Asylum Forty Nine. That's where That's I got in, my start. Out in Twila. Out in Twila. Okay. Um, a friend of mine won tickets from a radio show um, to go on this ghost hunt um, with the radio show. So they filled the bus full of people. Wow. Okay. And we went out there, and they basically split us into groups. Uh, Asylum 49, you know, I don't know if you've been through their spiel, but they'll show, um, they'll show the evidence and stuff they've collected in okay. like, this room full of chairs. Uh, so we'd sit through that, and then they'd kind of take us on a tour of the building. Okay. And then the last few hours, they let us just roam free. All right. Did, you, did they let you borrow, like, equipment, or did you bring they some? They did. They did back <clears> then. They had equipment you could use. Um, but I really didn't use anything. I kind of wandered about alone. Okay. You know, we kind of got separated, and I just wandered alone without... I didn't even have a flashlight. And this was your first investigation first ever? First time. Okay. Um, I didn't know what I was doing. You know, I didn't have a flashlight. Um, but I was just feeling the building, so I was just walking around in complete okay. darkness. Yet knowing where I was going. Uh-huh. And it was really weird. So I'd pop into rooms where there was experienced investigators going on, so I'd sit there and watch them for a while. And I was like, wow, oh, this is really fascinating. You okay. Know? And uh, I remember the bus ride home that night. It's like, you know, I was just thinking, it's like, I need to do this more often. Awesome. You know, and at the time, that was the only place I knew I could do paranormal investigations. So I 
went to the very next one that they had. Okay. It might have been a year later, but this, yeah, this happened, my first one was like February 2011. All right. So that's that's kind of when I got the bug. All right. Like, I want to do this, yeah. And now you're addicted to it. Now I live it. <laughs> Straight up live it. It's like 24-7. I could hardly go a day without sharing something paranormal somewhere. Okay. You know. Now I know some people get scared about the whole idea of going because they're scared what if I bring something home with me and it haunts me? Do you ever have that fear too? Or bringing something home? Yeah. Um, you could do that going to every, you can, that could happen here at the coffee shop. Oh, that's true. You know, something could follow somebody in here and be like, I want to touch this guy and I'm going to follow him home. Right. So. Or if you buy something. You have to think a lot of these locations we go to already, they're open to the public. People yeah. are already working there and they're going to and from every day. And, you know, we get some people that'll walk in there just because the lights are off, they're suddenly scared. I'm like, you got to remember people working here yeah, all the time. Um, and they'll have experiences, so you just put that to the back of your head. Okay. Don't be afraid of it, because no matter what you really try doing at the end of the night, you can't avoid possibly bringing something home. That makes sense. I mean, I agree with that. And too. it doesn't matter whether you're investigating or you're just there visiting. Okay. You could be a contractor going in and do some work and take something home. Right. So the investigation part, you're more prone to it. Okay. You're spending more time talking to them. Uh, but overall, yeah. you just can't avoid bringing something home. I mean, that makes that sense way. because you're, you are trying to interact with you're them. You're trying or, to or interact. Collect evidence. And whatever. depending on what you use to interact. <clears throat> You could be opening a means of communication to them, and they might be attracted to that. Okay. Like, they might follow you because they're like, I could talk to this person. All right. Maybe not tomorrow, but eventually, <laughs> yeah. I'll talk to this person. And this kind of reminds me of uh, my very first time to the Family Tree, the rest Family Tree restaurant. Um, I don't know if you ever heard the session we did there. No. Using Echovox app, uh, First time in a haunted location, I used this app, and a little girl named Beth came through. Oh, interesting. And we don't know where she came from, but she kept letting us know who she was, like right. her name over and over in a little girl's voice. She'd call out the teddy bear that was on the table, like straight up said teddy bear. Wow. Knew what color the teddy bear was, all this stuff. Like She was responding question after question. So on this answer. app, it's, it's basically... Uh, skipping through many white noise channels, and they kind of you hear voices come through. Well, the, the Echo Box, the way it's the way it's built is there's four audio banks. Okay. You got two of them that have random audio noises. Another third bank has like a female voice saying a bunch of words. You know, okay. all in the same monotone type voice. Oh, okay. And then you have one of all male. Oh, interesting. Um, and it basically it, it'll. Go in and grab the chunks of audio from all four banks at different speeds, whatever you set it to be, and it'll spit it out. And it'll come back through the microphone and get buffered and come back. And it goes in an instant loop and constantly new audio is added to it, along with the mic is picking up what you're saying. Okay. And it getting kicked out too. So somehow the spirits can hijack the audio to either say what it wants 
or what we're hearing comes either under or over the audio so we're hearing like EVPs coming through the microphone and then getting kicked out now EVPs are electronic voice phenomena voice phenomena so let, let's get transition let's talk about that I want to talk about the first time that we met so we were actually at Family Tree this was maybe a couple years ago we were at Family Tree restaurant this is this is in Santa Quinn Utah it's a well-known haunted restaurant. Yeah, it's a haunted restaurant. The, the, the history goes back uh, generations. And, and it's now a restaurant in Santa Quinn. So they're known for having scones the size of, like, <laughs> two of my shoes. <laughs> and they're pretty damn good. And my brother and I were invited by a paranormal group, which we are uh, involved with now. It's called WISPs, or Advanced Paranormal. And... We were invited just to go to do an investigation. My brother and I have been investigating for a while on our own, mm -hmm. and we were invited to go down. And we met Paul. We, we it started off as a dinner. We had a dinner first, and we just sat next to him. We were just kind of talking and getting to know mm -hmm. each other. And he shared this Echovox app with my brother, and they gave us a little bit of a history lesson. We all kind of we all kind of started in one room together, and we all kind of branched out. So a little quick story, because you don't know what happened with me and my brother, but then I want to get to your story mm -hmm. in a minute, because it's pretty crazy. But me and my brother were kind of walking around, and they said, you know, there's a few known spirits or entities there. And we put the our phone down, which had the Echo Vox app, and we're letting it kind of do its sweep, doing its thing. And we're asking questions to see if we get any response. And... Uh, we got some pretty crazy responses. So some questions we asked is, hey, do you know our names? And I'll be damned, it said <laughs> my name. It said Derek. And I was like, wow, mm. crazy. So, you know, I got goosebumps. And then I remember um, my brother asked, do you know my name? And, and no response. But then he said, do you know how we're related? And the response we heard come back through said twins. Now, uh, you know, people that know us know that we are not twins, but we do look very similar since mm -hmm. we're brothers. We do. And, man, that scared us. I mean, he, he, <laughs> he was done. He was like, okay, I'm done. I wanted to keep going, but he was done. I said, right. all right, that's good enough. So we went back in the back room. The and West Wing? Huh? Yeah, in the, re in, the, in the dining area where, in, in the back dining area. And the, Paul's there with a few other people. And the, you had the, I don't remember, the, the, the device that when there's movement, it goes off. It's like a big light. Uh, it's like a static meter. Yeah, so whenever there's like a movement, like a footprint, I guess, it'll, it'll set it off. And we were kind of doing that, just kind of observing. And then you went downstairs with a couple people. And we were just kind of upstairs, kind of, you know, asking questions, investigating. Next thing I know, I hear from downstairs, holy shit, and just going off the rails. So, Paul, tell us this story. This, this story, I'll tell you what. I, to be honest, this this changed everything. Okay. It changed everything. Well, I'm glad I was able to be um, there and experience even that. Even though I investigated years prior to this incident, it it really opened the door as to how scary this really is. Okay. Yeah. Um. I was down there with Tim and Gary. You know, both yep. teammates of yours. Um. And we were talking about a book. Uh, that I just found out that day was there was something going on with the book. Don't touch it. Don't take it home. This is down in the basement, this book. Down in the basement, yeah. yes. And uh, Gary's like, well, let me go get my cleansing kit. We're going to cleanse this book. Okay. 
And so me and Tim stay downstairs, and and when he says that, he's talking. When he says cleanse the book, we're talking about like salt, salt and yeah, whatever he bay leaves yeah, or something like that. Add yeah, stuff to it. Uh, but I sit there and I watch Gary go up the stairs, and there's a little bit of light coming down. Okay, because the basement was pitch dark. It's pitch dark except for the light that was coming down the staircase all the way at the end. Okay. So I watch him go up, and basically from the foot of the stairs where he just left from comes this what it, what I could describe is like a human spider because it it was about the size of a ten year old child like a okay. boy okay as far as the body size okay completely bald you know like skeleton didn't look like it ate at all but its hand arms and legs were jointed like a spider and it crawled like wicked fast right towards me. What? And uh, yeah, it's like. Got goosebumps. <laughs> he got halfway down the room, and you know, me sitting there watching it, like, I saw it in detail. Like, I, I can sit there and probably draw this, this creature. Like, what did it have a head of? Like a little boy. Oh, wow. Yeah, so, so it was just, like, just the joints were just crazy, like yeah, a spider. just the joints were like spiders. And just you know? crawling on all fours. Which I, I have wow. a phobia of spiders already. <laughs> that was wonderful. You know? And. I do remember screaming enough to where you guys heard me upstairs. Yeah, we heard you upstairs. Um, I do have it on audio too, me screaming. <laughs> but it wasn't like I'm scared scream. It's just like, you know, what, what was that? What did I just see? So I remember grabbing my flashlight and running right to the spot and I'm like looking through the yeah. trunk. And then everybody started coming downstairs like, what, what, what did you see? Yeah. And I've heard rumors of this thing in the basement, some shape shifting thing down okay. there. Okay. But I'd never thought I'd see it, you wow. know. And this is the very first thing I've ever seen, like as far as apparition-wise. Yeah, that's it. That was the first one. Wow. Like, are you kidding me? Like, I don't want. And I had to drive home alone that night, you know, by yeah. myself. <laughs> yeah. For an hour, thinking about what I saw, and I was sitting there trying to process this, and I couldn't sleep that night. I couldn't sleep for days. Wow. Like it tore me up. Like yeah. Okay, am I going to start seeing more stuff like that? What do you think it was? I think it was a shapeshifter just trying to scare me. Do you think because it knew you were afraid of spiders? It knew I was afraid of spiders, probably. Wow. But, you know, they have let other people into the building that have seen the same thing. Like if a little boy or like that, or that walking like a like spider? Like a spider type gremlin looking thing down there. That's a good way to put it. I like that, a little gremlin. Yeah, I mean, I called it spider because what I saw, it it looked and crawled like like a really fast spider. Like, I, wow. I wouldn't call it a gremlin, but it's a good word for it. Yeah, it's a good word for it. <laughs> but, yeah, that was the only time I saw something that looked like it wasn't, like, completely human. Yeah, so when you say that it changed everything, like, you, you think there's, like, a lot of crazy stuff out there. What, what does that mean? You just think there's crazy stuff everything out there? as far as what we're looking for is more than just grandma that's passed away. Got it. You know, 200 years ago. There are other things out there, you know, and we hear about these on these shows we watch, like Dead Files. You know, she talks about uh -huh. weird things coming from the ceiling, um, but you just never register it. Yeah. Like, oh, I'll never see something like that. You probably don't think you'll ever see um, an apparition, like a full apparition. Right. But this this particular sighting, uh, 
happened after you know another crazy like experience I had just like a month prior. What was that? Um, it was at the Mackey Mansion in Virginia City. Okay, and that that's a really known hot spot for paranormal activity. Virginia City is like the hot. So it's door to door. You can invest in any building, and you're going to catch stuff. Wow. Because that so many people made a lot of money. You know, as a mining town. Mining, gambling too. They did a lot of gambling. Um, right? There was so much money made in that town so fast and lost. Yeah. That this was a really big time in a lot of people's lives. Okay. That's why they stick around. You know, like, this was my heyday. I loved it here. Right. That makes sense. Um, but we went out there to film a movie called Shadows of Silver City. And that's on your YouTube channel? It's on the YouTube okay. channel. It was the first movie we ever filmed. It was like, we're going to try this out. We're going to do okay. it. But we take a tour of the Mackey Mansion before we go over to do the Washoe Club. I mean, it was just a $6 tour. But he basically took us to two main rooms. Okay. And then he let us wander. You know, so we go upstairs. You know, I'm filming just to get footage for the movie. Right. And they start investigating, you know. Okay. But I pan into this room. I think it was the bathroom. And I start feeling like I'm having a heart attack. Wow. Like instantly. Like my chest pains were just full-blown. Sweat started pouring off my head. I started yeah. getting dizzy. Like I couldn't see anymore. Wow. And I just, I don't say anything to nobody. Okay. And I just leave. I go all the way down to the very bottom floor and out a side door, and I instantly felt fine. And, you know, a lot of people are like, well, you got scared and you left. I'm like, I got scared that I'd need to go to the hospital. So I went outside where there was other team members Yeah. that might need to take me to the hospital. Right. Maybe some fresh air, too. Because um, I, I seriously thought I was in trouble. I, I was scared for my life. Wow. And I didn't really equate it to, like, a paranormal experience. Okay. Until I walked out of the building, and I'm like... feel fine. I just feel drained. I feel okay. fine. Like, all the symptoms are gone, but I'm just zapped. Like, I'm just... Wow. Okay. I need to rest for, like, two hours. Um, but, you know, we... You know, since that very experience, I've seen stuff. Okay. I've also had, like, premonitions of things that are about to happen. Oh, yeah? Like, an hour in advance. And they do happen? And it happens. Can you give us some good examples? Um, good examples, you know, because I, I drive for a living. So I'll be out driving, and I'll think, like, oh, I hate to take a bunch of pizzas into that place. And my very next run is taking a bunch of pizzas into that place. <laughs> <laughs> or I'll just think of some like of, of a person like oh you know I haven't heard from this person in like two months and suddenly an hour later they're calling me you know what that's funny that happens all the time to me I'll think of somebody like I haven't seen this person for a long time or I haven't talked to them in a long time next thing you know I run into them at the store or they call me or something like that yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah it, it happens a lot when I'm driving and it might be because I'm in a relaxed state or something yeah uh, but I've even had an instance where I had a dream of uh, uh, of the Mackey. So there's two different dreams that were like significant for me. Okay. I had a dream. I was going up to the st up the stairs at the Mackey Mansion, and I looked down the hallway, and a little girl peeps out of the her room, the kids' room, and she just 
does that. Like a sh- a little like a sh- motion. and she points down at the, the the mother's room at the very end of the hall. This is a dream. This is a dream, okay. and then I woke up. Okay. But it just happens to co- uh, coincide with the next time we went and investigated the Mackey Mansion. Uh huh. I catch a full sentence EVP of a lady like slapping someone and say, "Stop it! I'm trying to sleep." Interesting. Full sentence. Wow. Like you can hear the slap, followed by the full sentence, and we know who was in the building. Like, who possibly said this? Yeah. And like in that same stretch of investigation in the same room. We later, you know, catch a little girl, um, and she says, excuse me, like, like, clear as day. Wow. Little girl just, and it, it happened right after my friend Danielle, she kind of had her stomach growl. Okay. Like, everybody hears it, and we're all laughing. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was that quiet in the building. And then we're, as we're laughing, you just hear this little girl, excuse me. Whoa. And the lady who um, does the tours there, who looks after the building, she uh-huh. heard it. She goes, yeah, that's that's the little girl that, you know, haunts this location. Wow. Like she was familiar with the voice. Are, you, are there EVPs of that on your YouTube channel, too? It's on the YouTube channel. Oh, I'm going to listen to that one. Yeah, so those were two very clear, like, EVPs caught in the same, like, hour. And we thought it was a, a dead night. Like, oh, there's yeah. nothing happening, you know. I mean, that happens, right? That happens sometimes. That happens, you know, but we didn't have, like, knockings and footsteps and anything okay. crazy. But those those two EVPs made it worth the whole time. Like, wow. oh, yeah. And it happened while we were just kind of just screwing around, you know. That's crazy. But, yeah, since then, I think I've seen four um, apparitions. Like full body apparitions? Full body. Like, I mean, well, you count the spider guy as one. <laughs> okay. Uh, but since then, I've seen a military guy at the family tree. Like full, oh, wow. Where at? Full military dress in the west room. Okay. So above the basement. Saw him. It was after about a half hour of a dowsing rod session where I was talking to him. Okay. And he's telling me this story that somehow we figured out that he died with a friend at the same time. Oh. In the same explosion in a war that happened long time ago okay we couldn't figure out where this war was he said it wasn't out in that area in Santa Quinn okay but he's been going around looking for his friend ever since he can't find him so he he wasn't hanging out at the restaurant he just kind of passing by kept passing through he was there uh, from what I asked less than six months so he was oh. there less than six months passing through pretty much and he hasn't crossed over because he has to find his friend, make sure his friend's okay. Yeah. Can't find his friend. Wow. But like, I start tearing up, you know, I put the dowsing rods down and I have tears coming out of my eyes. Yeah. This was a sad story we got out of this. And I look up and we have a table full of investigators. And between two on the far side, he just stood there just looking at me. And then by the time I grabbed my flashlight, he was gone. Wow. Yeah. What? what? When you first, when you first saw this full body apparition, he's in his uniform, right? He's in his uniform. Were you scared, or were you? How did you no, feel? No, I wasn't saw it? scared at all. I was comforted. Oh, okay. I I felt honored that he showed me himself. Wow. I did mean, he know I he saw was dead? I saw everything. I saw the tassels coming down from his hat. Okay. One one hat was like pinned up on the side. It had the little tassels oh, okay. come down. You could see the insignia, and he had he had some kind of ropes on hanging from here. 
and then he was gone. Like, wow. Was, yeah. Did he know he was dead? Yeah, he knew. He just, but he was just looking he for He wouldn't cross over, and I'm like, I was trying to tell him, like, maybe your friend has already crossed over, and you yeah. can't see him. Interesting. Let's talk about that for a second. Just your opinion. Are, are you a religious person? No. Now, when you say crossover, then what does that mean to you? It just means you're going into the spirit world. So, okay. Before you cross over, you're kind of earthbound. You know, you can choose to be earthbound. Yeah. Or you can go kind of into the spirit world. Some people might call it heaven. I don't. I don't know if it's heaven. Okay. But it's some place where they can come to and from because they can right. come here at any time, go back. Interesting. But they say that, um, as far as my thoughts go, is there's no easy connection between the earthbound realm and the spirit realm. Yeah. Like you can't, they can't see each other. So if you've never crossed over, you can't see the spirits that are in the spirit realm. Interesting. That's pretty interesting. Because I come, I come across a lot of um, spirits that, you know, if I'm doing a dowsing rod session, you know, sometimes I get children that won't cross over. They won't go into the light. Okay. Because they're looking for their parents. Sure. But they they passed long before their parents did. They passed wow. as children, so their parents were still alive. So when their parents crossed, you know, as adults, they crossed over, you know. Yeah. The child's still earthbound. Sure, yeah, just looking. Yeah, looking. It's kind of sad, though. Huh? I mean, think it about is it. very sad, and that's why I think that there's like a different plane of reality between being earthbound and spirit because they can't see each other. Yeah, I appreciate you sharing your opinion on that because <laughs> I know some people. I don't know. They just get shy about it or don't want to get controversial about it. But it's I, it's I intriguing, you. you know, and we'll never have the answer. Yeah, I tell tell until. Until it's our time, maybe then then we'll have. You the know, answer. I have so many questions. You know, like when you investigate a building like the Mackey Mansion, which is great for electronic voice phenomena. Okay, it, it's it's really great for that. But why are we just getting a snippet? You know, we're recording yeah. four, five, six hours, and we capture a snippet. Yes, of what they're saying. Right. And why is very it, faint too? Why is that only available during that short period of time? Yeah, I don't know. Is it just like some kind? Of, is it like a frequency where suddenly the frequency bleeds into our realm, and we hear a blip like a radio station when you're going through yeah. the channels? I have no idea. Interesting, interesting little theory. But you know, for whatever reason, we're not hearing them all the time. Yeah, it's just random. That's pretty interesting. Now, I know you have a lot of stories. I want another good, memorable story that you can think of. I know we've already talked about a couple good ones. Those are pretty good. (laughs) I'd love to to hear another one. I'm sure the listeners want to hear another one, too, (laughs) if you don't mind. Oh, you always want stories. (laughs) Oh, there's so many. Where where, did it go? Any particular location I should tell a story on? No, just something that just is memorable to you, besides the ones we've already talked about. Um, well, I've had seen, uh, I'll share a couple. Okay. Um, one we didn't, we didn't capture on film, we didn't really record it or anything, um, but we were in Eureka, um, Utah here. Okay. 
and we were just taking time out in the middle of the day because we spent the whole weekend like living in those buildings okay like that was our home base so we had our cots we had sleeping stuff oh like like literally we slept in, in the, the building these yeah. are abandoned buildings right okay so we slept in the diner you know and we were kind of on a break um between filming b-roll and in doing interviews and uh my friend danielle she had her phone like in a a pocket of a cot that she was sleeping okay in. and it it's been in there all day she had no service so it's been tucked in this little pocket that just hung from the cot from okay. the side. And we're sitting there like 15 feet away at a table and we hear this noise, ba-boom. And we're looking around and suddenly we see her phone just sitting in the middle of the diner on the floor. Okay. Like, how did it get out of the cot? The pocket of the cot. The pocket of the cot and onto, onto the, the floor. floor. Okay. We're both just sitting there baffled like, yeah, what just happened? Interesting. And it wasn't the only poltergeist type thing where things were being either opened or moved during our whole visit there. Like, um, Zachary Stone went down there just to kind of film. He loves to film and record everything. Okay. So he's walking the building, he's filming, he goes down into the basement. I don't know if you've been in that basement of the White Owl. Not a, no, not in the basement. But there's a basement. He goes in there, he's kind of walking around, and he, he noticed this cabinet. That has a picture of Elvis on it. Okay. So he's like, you know, kind of does a little Elvis impersonation. Okay. Like, How you doing, you know? <laughs> then he opens the cabinet, shuts it, and you can watch him latch it. He films this whole thing. He latches it. Then he goes walking about the basement. Then he comes back, and he's he, there's this long poem of the Tommyknockers poem okay. down there. And he kind of films. As he's walking to it, you hear the cabinet unlatch. Wow. Like on the audio. But he's walking to it. He, he didn't hear it. Okay. You know, he just kept walking. He films this whole little poem. And then he turns and goes up the stairs and the cabinet comes popping out. And he catches it on camera. Wow. Like, it pops out and he's like, oh my God, you know, I just <laughs> caught that on camera. And then he comes up running to where we are in the, in the diner and comes and tells us about it. Uh-huh. But, you know, I didn't know what he caught until I actually looked at the it. footage. Like, wow, this is pretty cool. That's Because you could hear, like, before he even gets to the stairs, the cabinet uh -huh. suddenly unlocks. And it's like, how did it unlatch itself? Wow. I mean, for it just to pop open, I'm like, okay, maybe the stairs made it pop open because it's all connected in a way. But you hear it unlatch, like, before he even gets to the stairs, he's on concrete. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> or like, and then later that night, uh, we go and we investigate these, uh, like, mine buildings up there. I don't know if you've been in the mine buildings. The no, I've just been in mine. the town. Okay. So there's four mine buildings up there. Okay. Um, that you can go up and investigate. It's kind of, there's no signs that say no trespassing or anything, so... We were in there investigating it, and uh, we were there during the daytime when we were getting really cool uh, spirit box responses. Okay. And and the one that made us leave is uh, Zach was like, do you want us to stay or do you want us to leave? And you just hear this man come through, leave. Like really loud? Oh, yeah. Wow. Loud and clear, you know, and we're like, whoa, you know. <laughs> and this was like 20 minutes after me seeing... Zach walked behind the building like I saw him 
But then Crazy. I turned to my right, and he's standing right there. It's like, dude, I just saw you outside. Wow. Like, I saw you. Not like a not a person, but actually you saw. Like I you saw thought you saw him. Saw him. It's like I'm making it out to be him. You know, I thought, oh, he went behind to go to the bathroom. Wow. You know, which is wouldn't be uncommon. You yeah. Know, he's been drinking a beer too. Went to go use the bathroom. But we leave. You know, okay, we like he said leave, so we go. Uh huh. But we come back later that night, you know, and, you know, we kind of talk about it. It's like, I'm sitting there talking to the camera, and I'm like, you know, we were here earlier, and they said to leave, and so Zach's like, so what are we doing now? I said, we're going back. <laughs> <laughs> so we go back, and we're all on edge. Like, our heartbeats are just, yeah. like, there's a bat in the building for some reason, and we're just, we're freaking out, like, for no reason. Like, we're just on edge. You know, everything we hear is like, oh, my God, what was that? Uh-huh. <laughs> but um, we look up at the rafters and we see what what was a snake. Okay. Like, and we go to run, but then we flash our lights up there, and suddenly it's a rat. Interesting. Yeah, we all saw a snake. Like, you'll see it in the movie. Okay. Like you'll see like a snake. All right. And then suddenly it's something on all fours. Like, uh, interesting. What? Yeah, because we saw it with our own eyes. We didn't need the cameras to see this thing. Okay. So we knew what it was. I mean, even on the film, Zach goes to grab his microphone uh-huh. and take off. He goes, That's a snake. You know, he grabs his gear, he's going to start running. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a really funny part of the movie, but it ends up being this weird rat thing. Interesting. And uh, so we, we're like, Okay, we're going to keep investigating. So we turn on the echo box. We use that. It was the first time during the whole movie we used the echo box. And, uh, you know, we, we asked a question. It's like, you know, why do you want us to leave? Who's up here with us? Uh-huh. You know, with us. And it says, us. Wow. Like, loud and clear. Like, and so Zach Waters, he starts getting sick to where we have to, like, leave the building. But as soon as we start walking back to the car, he's like, I feel better. I feel so much better. Interesting. But he wow. had, yeah, it, it tore him up. That's crazy. So, I mean, why why do you, why, why are you so passionate? Why do you still investigate? Are you seeking answers? Are you just want to collect evidence? What's going through your mind? Um, it's more about answers. It's more about the communication. So, um, and I don't know if you've ever gotten to the point where you're so wrapped up in communicating with spirit. Like, uh-huh. So it, it, it like it does something to you like this is what it's all about yes I have, you're yes. deep in conversation with yeah. something from the other side you're getting name age you're trying to story. get answers you're trying to get their story you're like you might be helping this person by allowing yes. them to talk to you yes and that's what it's all about I love getting the evidence I love showing other people that there's something else there there's some truth to it it's not a game for me it's not you know I want to be popular it's never been about that you're just looking for answers yeah I mean because I've had one foot in the grave for years okay with you your know, health ever, issues ever since I was yeah diagnosed with some health issues I was like I want to know like what happens to me yes it's like do I cease to exist right that's the scariest part of death for me. 
It's like, is there nothing else? Yes, I know exactly what you mean. So, you know, I don't know that answer, you know, to be honest. It's like, yeah, we're, we're catching... We're catching EVPs, you know, voices. Yeah. We're seeing things. We're having interactions. We're having stuff move. But at the same time, it's like it's it's like that whole frequency thing. It's like, are we just getting a little frequency blend? Yeah. Of some kind of other realm. Some kind of past, you know, replay. Right. I don't know. And, and that's why I investigate. I'm, I. I'm curious what happens exactly what you're saying what happens when we die what happens to us where do we go do we just cease or do we go to another like you're maybe saying dimension a heaven something like that but I'm also curious why why if there are ghosts why are they still here you know so I have a lot of questions too and that's why I do it because I'm just well, so curious I could tell you from some experiences why they're still here for, for some yeah. Um, I've connected with um, soil doves. So let's say soil doves, prostitutes. Okay. <laughs> I've never heard that. Okay. Soil doves, what they used to be referred to long ago. I never even knew that. <laughs> before the name prostitute came around. So I just know ladies doves, of the night. Ladies of the night. <laughs> but I've, I've connected to some that are on the, you know, that have passed on. And they will not cross over because they're afraid of judgment. Okay. Stuff they did. Makes sense. You know, for what they did for work, they've also gave up children for their jobs. Okay. They've had abortions or gave away children, however they got rid of children. Yeah, interesting. And so they're afraid, you know, because a lot of people were very religious, especially way back then. Yeah. More religious than now. We question things more now than we did back then. Right. Because of technology, because of science. Um. Because of the way we learn things on YouTube, right? <laughs> but back then, it's like it was all about faith. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and even though they did evil deeds, uh, nobody realized what's happened until you die, and then you're like, okay, if I go into the light, will I be judged and sent somewhere else? Yeah, fiery pit of hell. You know. <laughs> and you know you can kind of understand that with a prostitute because prostitutes were considered to be low lives, you know, right? Like, evil, or I wouldn't say evil, but they were they were doing sin. Yeah, every okay, day. yeah, they were sinners according to the church. Yeah, and even the men that use prostitutes kind of looked down on them like, sure, they're not equal. Yeah, so you know that's just. Uh, it's just crazy to think that, you know, people did something in their life and it forever haunts them. Yeah. And I could tell you from a near-death experience myself that you question your life. Well, not, I can't say question your life, but you think about all the things that you have not resolved. Okay. With others. All right. All these things, all these things you know, <clears throat> friendships. Family, you know, yeah. like, I'm out of time. Okay. I can't fix this. Interesting. You know, I, f- I screwed up, and I'm out of time. Wow. I can't undo these things that I did. Yeah. I can't seek forgiveness, because at that point when you're about to die, you're like, you've forgiven everybody else. Yeah. But they don't know that, because... Right. And maybe they haven't forgiven you yet. 
Yeah, so you want to you want to fix all these things. You don't want to go to the other side with this thought of people still hating you, sure. thinking bad about you. It makes sense. And so it kind of it's like a personal haunting. Wow. And that's what I felt like when I was like to that point where I almost died. You know, I was like, this is what I thought about. Wow. It's like I ran out of time to fix all this stuff. So when you came out of it, did you go out and? When I came out of it, I became a different person. Nice. That's good. So some people say, you know, you don't have no backbone. You're too nice. There's a reason for that. I used to be a real piece of work. Like, <laughs> I didn't get the name nickname outlaw in the military before because I was nice, you know. Right. So I just didn't care. <laughs> yeah, I was a badass, you know. Just, But, yeah, it's like when, when I experienced that, it's like you got to live a little bit differently. That's true. That makes sense. You know, you got to be good to the people that are that are around you, even if they're not good to you. I like that, man. Be the better person. I like that. I like that some a lot. people are like, "You're too nice." Like, or you got no backbone. You're afraid to tell people off. I'm like, I'm not afraid. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, is it worth it? That, that's a good point. So. Uh, paranormal veracity what upcoming projects do you or the team have coming up that we should know about so um, the most recent thing coming up as we went to Schofield Utah um, the site of the biggest Utah mining disaster in history oh, okay um, they lost 200 plus people within minutes oh wow was there a cave-in then um, a coal mining explosion oh wow so this happened in winter's quarters, which is now off limits. Okay. But the nearby um, city of Schofield is where some of them lived, and some of the, a lot of the bodies are buried in Schofield. Okay. They also used buildings in Schofield as temporary morgues. Oh. Until the bodies could be moved somewhere okay. else. And a lot of the existing, still standing buildings got moved to Schofield as well. Interesting. Now Schofield is about. 24 people that live out there. Okay. Uh, Th- that's we, the whole population? That's the whole population. Wow, okay. So, yeah, I mean, and they, they don't really like people. I can see that. Like, when right. we were out there, it's like they just kind of just, they didn't want to talk to us. Oh, so you, you're you doing like a documentary and you're trying to talk to, interview the town You're trying people? to talk to people and they just, they don't want nothing to do with you. Oh, wow, okay. As soon as they find out you're filming, like, what are you filming for? Uh, we don't want people to know about this place. Okay. Um, but there's a school in Schofield. You know, it's a two-story school. It used to be three stories. Okay. But as you're driving into town, this thing looms over the whole town. Like, it's this big, empty building. Wow. Um, supposedly, bodies were kept in the building after the explosion. In fact, when you go in there, there's all these, like, they kind of use it as, a, like, a makeshift museum. Okay. So they're showing pictures of just bodies laying on the floor, saying, you know, here at the Schofield School, there's only one school in town. <laughs> I'm safe for that population. The weird thing <laughs> is the, the explosion happened in 1900. Okay. The school didn't come until years later. Oh, all right. So we're trying to figure out, like, okay, how do we have pictures of bodies laying in the school if the school wasn't there? Oh, but the school might have been moved from Winter's Quarters okay. to Schofield. Got it. You know, yeah. anticipating the city would rebuild and come back, which it never did. 
Okay. They wanted to die. I gotcha. <laughs> all right. But that's our very next project. We already filmed most of it. Um, we got to go back out there and do another, you know, a couple hours of filming. Okay. Um, when do you think you'll have the project done? Huh? When do you think you'll have it done? Oh, I, I don't even give time frames on all that. All right. Just when you get the time I, to go out I there work and so much, yeah. wrap it up. Well, right now they, they had fires out there. Oh. They evacuated the whole town. Got it. So we can't get in there because the mayor has to let us into the building. Oh, I see. Yeah, it's not one of those where you call someone who just works in the building. And yeah. The mayor has to let you in. So, Got And it. he's kind of, you know, why do you guys <laughs> want to be out here? And, um, he's, not, he's not very friendly. All right. The town isn't friendly. I mean, we, we tried to go out to Winter's Quarters with a tour with a historian. Okay. And the property owners found out we'd be filming. They shut us down. Oh, wow. Big time. They're like, no. Yeah. Okay, well, we won't take your cameras. Like, no, still can't go out there. Jeez. We don't want you guys on our property. Yeah. I can, um, all right. But yet they let a whole bunch of other people up there. Hmm. Like, the rest of the tour can go up there, but you guys can't go up there. <laughs> <laughs> but so, all your other projects, they're on your YouTube channel. We also have, and after that one, we'll be doing the Jackson House Hotel in Eureka, Nevada. Okay. Um, that'll be the one after that. Um, and that's the only other, like, upcoming projects we have. Cool. And, you know, personally, I'll be out in uh, Columbia, California, mid-September. Okay. To investigate eight buildings. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's it's pretty cool and uh how over what kind of a span t time frame overnight eight buildings is that we said yeah. oh wow they are they they're side by side then i'm guessing it's You're kind hoping? of another <laughs> mining town yeah i All haven't right. been there um and then in november i'll be doing preston castle in california cool yeah that one i'm really excited for awesome man yeah that's good so you got some good projects coming up so your youtube channel is going to get pretty full a lot of other stuff coming up then. <laughs> I just need more time, you know. It's yeah. Like, where do I find the time? It's like I have to work to pay bills. And then when I get home, I'm just too tired to go through hours of stuff. Yeah, well, it's true because, I mean, these investigations, they cost money, right? You're traveling to Nevada, California, equipment. I mean, I know I've seen your equipment case. you got a lot of gadgets I've, and stuff in there. That and I've, I've kind of scaled money. back. I used to... I don't know if you remember, but I used to do a couple investigations a weekend. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, boom, boom, boom. Yeah. But yeah, now it's like I'm doing bigger investigations, right. uh, bigger locations. Um, I'll be at Asylum 49 again tonight. Okay. Which will be a lot of fun because that's, that's where I got my start. Yeah. My very first two investigations were in that building. And, you know, the weird thing... And Asylum's not the only place I've felt this way, but I'll walk into buildings like the Washer Club. And even though I haven't been there before, I know my way around. That's pretty interesting. And I don't know why. Do you think maybe you had like some dreams or premonitions that subconsciously is in the back yeah, of your I mind? I could be having attachments like steering me. Like oh, that's a good that's Showing a good point. me the way. Interesting. You know, I... Some people think I have this weird connection with the afterlife. Okay. And it may be true because, you know, people will invite me to their messages because stuff always happens when you're here. You know? <laughs> like, 
and I don't know, you know, some some people call it being a mag magnet. You want to call it that, but stuff does happen, you know, around me a lot. Interesting. And it has long before I even became a paranormal investigator. I've had experiences. Wow. I mean, the most, the craziest one. I've actually tried writing a book about it. Uh, well, like my whole, you know, time. Everything that came prior, but the craziest one. Uh, this this happened actually before I ever investigated. Okay. And we were in an apartment, and we had this bathroom that has one of those really long um, countertops. Okay. And one day, this was after, like shortly after my father passed away. Um, but I walk in there, and like as soon as I get through the threshold of of the bathroom door, you know those uh, bed and bad like pump soaps like through square oh, yeah. on the bottom yeah. and getting narrow towards the top well this thing is like half full it tips over and flies all the way across the counter by wow. itself like all the way into the toilet what yeah this thing was like force like, you know right as I come in and I hit the switch turn on the light I just now like I'm just standing at the door like what just happened <laughs> <laughs> You know, so I, I grab it out of the toilet and I put it back on the counter. And I kind of tried just nudging it with a finger. Uh -huh. and it just slides a little bit. doesn't tip over. So you have to, like, put some force. You know, slap it and send it down down the counter. Wow. And, uh, you know, and I, I was telling my ex, you know, she was, we were married at the time. And she goes, stuff like, weird stuff like that happens all the time. Like. Yeah, because she'd call me. I'd be yeah. at work. You know, I used to have a restaurant that was 24 hours. So uh -huh. I'd be at work, all kinds of weird hours. She'd call me, you need to come home. This just moved, you know. It was like, yeah. Like, I can't come home right now. You better <laughs> call a friend. But we were having these weird things happen. Uh-huh. And even things would happen at my workplace. Like, you know, when I'm up there alone at 2 o'clock in the morning, things would suddenly fall or move. Wow. And I never really thought about it. You know, when you're not an investigator, yeah, you just you're think, like, okay, right. maybe it was about to fall. Yeah, right. Yeah, you know, there's got to be a reason for it. But once you once you cross that threshold, you start investigating. So you start understanding these little things that happen around you. Very interesting. To where it's like, okay, something's trying to get my attention. Yeah. Because the very day after my my father passed away. We had we had one of those motion detectors in our house. Okay. Okay. We had an alarm system. We've had it for months. Motion detector never went off. It was just in one room. Okay. That stayed shut. You know, through all of our movies, computers, all that stuff. Okay. Like an office. The most expensive part of the house. Okay. <laughs> and uh, very next morning, we, I'm at work and she's at work. And we get a call from the the alarm company that like, your motion detector's gone off. We're sending cops over there right now. Okay. So we find a way to get out of work, go down there, and we meet the cops right outside. And we do a walk around the building. There's nothing wrong. We go inside. Everything's still locked up. This room is still closed. And uh, cops like, oh, it must be just false alarm. I said, well, my father passed away yesterday, and he just gave me this look like, are you serious? Wow. <laughs> I said, yeah. I said, we're leaving tomorrow morning to go to California to deal with his passing. Yeah. You know, like, but we had to get stuff situated. We both worked that day. So 
It's just weird that that's the only time it's ever gone off. That is very weird. Yeah. It has to be the next day after. But again, it was back before I really did yeah. this whole paranormal thing. It starts making you think about things in the past, and I'm like, maybe that was... So when I yeah. sat down to start writing this book that I'm like five chapters into, it's like I'm remembering all of these little yeah, things right. that came before it. I'm like, maybe I was meant to be a paranormal investigator. Interesting. Maybe that call from a friend to go to the asylum that night yeah. was was in the works long before I was aware of it. Makes you, it makes you wonder. Now, if someone wanted to go on an investigation and they're like, yeah, I want, I want to try to get some evidence. I'm, you know, they found something on, online where they can go in a group. What would you recommend as a good maybe tool without having to go spend a lot of money to go tr- to use? Um, if, if you got $50, get a voice recorder. Okay. Um, if you... Then that's to get a new one. Let's say if you go to Walmart, you get an Olympus voice recorder that yeah. plugs into your computer. Um, that's probably, that's where I got my start. Okay. Um, but you could also find them on eBay, Amazon for 20 bucks. Yeah. People selling, you know, older voice recorders. I have like four. Oh, wow. Okay. I use four, you know. Yeah. I have one that's 200 plus dollars and I have one that's $20. Is there a big difference? There's Well, yeah, there's a big difference in quality. Yeah. Okay. The one that's two hundred something dollars, you can hear a pin drop from across the building. Ah, okay. You just wear headphones, like, oh, I heard that. What was that? <laughs> and I, and I was always, you know, on our first investigations, we actually just used our smartphones because you smartphones? have smartphones. You have the voice recorder, you have a camera, um, video recorder, and also um, flashlight. You know, so. I remember just getting started, we would just use our, our smartphones. And there's some apps you can download. I don't know if I put a lot of weight to those, but. Yeah, it, it, unless, unless an actually experienced investigator say, hey, use this app and stay yeah. away from it. Um, don't waste but, your money on it, is what you're saying. But yeah, I mean, if you're getting started, a voice recorder. Okay, and perfect. And a flashlight. You really don't need much. I mean, there's so much gear that I've invested in that are just, it's, <laughs> you don't use it enough it, to, <laughs> it's garbage, it's, it's literally just garbage. Okay. Cause you're like, oh, it lights up, that's cool, but, uh, what does that mean? There's, there's really nothing more solid than a voice that shouldn't be there. Yeah. I, okay. I agree with that. You know, when I was, you know, one of my best EVPs locally came from Eureka, Utah in a bank. And, I've been uh, in the bank. In the bank. I left a voice recorder running all night long. I Where? Um, up up in the, like in the middle. Okay. Middle of the bank. So it's still kind of in the front, but before you go to the back. Okay. Like by the tellers? Yeah. Okay. So I left a voice recorder running there because I had different investigators going in there for an hour by themselves. Yeah. And I had Jessica go in there for 40 minutes. She was by herself just, you know, and I recorded this whole thing. And she leaves the building. Okay. And now the building is completely empty. She All walks right. down to the diner where the rest of us are at. Okay. And suddenly you hear this, you know, stuff being moved around, and you hear this little boy come through and say, Mom! Whoa. And the first Can time I heard it, yeah, I did that. <laughs> I did that. And I can play it for you later, but I did that. Uh-huh. Because um, it's so clear. And it what it what it told me was okay. She made a connection to this boy, yeah, in this bank, and he's kind of doing that bit where you know, you little child, you go to leave, 
you leave the child at home, you know, with a babysitter, and they're screaming at the door, Mom, yeah. you know. That's wow. what it seemed like to me, because it was, like, right after she left. And it's one thirty in the morning in a dead town. Yeah. I mean, and it's, I mean, the people live there, but it is dead when it gets Well, I'm not going to catch a really clear voice of a of a really young child. At one, yeah, one, two in the morning. When all the buildings next to it are all empty. Yeah. And there's no houses nearby. Right. So I couldn't explain it. That's crazy. And that bank is pretty freaky. I've been down in the basement in the vault. And it's just, it gets really dark and little, it's a little creepy down there. The bank, yeah, that, as far as the bank, that is like the most compelling evidence I've ever, and and it coincides with other investigators I've heard over time talk uh-huh. about there's a little boy in the bank. Okay. I've heard this story. Like right. other investigators have come through and said, there's a little boy in the back of the bank. Wow. But not only do you hear his voice, but you hear stuff being moved around like he's throwing the damn fit on audio. Like, what is going on? Wow. <laughs> and I've cop- I've captured another little child voice in the Gatley building as well. Okay. So I don't I don't know what children have to do with those buildings, why they're there. Well, that's a good point. Yeah. Um maybe it's not the buildings at all, maybe it's the land. Okay. Very haunted town though. Yeah, it's pretty freaky. Well, Paul, I appreciate you coming on today and and kind of sharing your stories and and I'm really excited. I, we had, I just subscribed to your Paranormal, Paranormal Veracity channel. I was, I was actually on your channel subscribed. Now I got this channel, so I'm going to be watching a lot of content there I'm excited about. So I can't wait for our next investigation together, my brother. Yeah, we'll have to make it soon. Yeah, we will. Hey, thanks, guys, for watching today. Thanks. Hope you guys get a little curious about the whole paranormal world. <laughs> have a good one.